Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, October 10th. In today's news, Hurricane Michael could be the most intense storm to ever strike the Florida panhandle. Nikki Haley resigns as UN ambassador, but says she won't run for president, at least in 2020. And the FBI's top lawyer says he believed Rod Rosenstein's suggestion to wiretap President Trump was serious. But first, the big idea. Before the disappearance last week of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, U.S. intelligence intercepted communications from Saudi officials discussing plans to capture him. Sources tell us the Saudis wanted to lure Khashoggi, a contributor to the Washington Post's global opinion section who has emerged in recent years as a leading dissident, back to Saudi Arabia and lay hands on him there. It was not clear whether the Saudis intended to arrest and interrogate Khashoggi or to kill him. It's also not clear if the United States warned Khashoggi that he was a target and in danger. The men involved in Khashoggi's disappearance appear to have been lying in wait for him. As he prepared to enter the Saudi consulate in Istanbul on October 2nd, a squad of 15 men from Saudi Arabia, who investigators suspect played a role in his disappearance, was ready and in place. They had flown in that morning from Riyadh, the Saudi capital, and checked in at two international hotels before driving to the consulate. By the end of the day, the team had left the country, departing on planes bound for Cairo and Dubai. That's according to reporting from my colleagues Loveday Morris, Suad McKennett, and Kareem Fahim. Turkish officials who are examining the squad's movement have now expanded their investigation to explore what happened at the residence of the Saudi Council General, which is located about 500 yards from the consulate itself. A photograph taken from a Turkish police closed-circuit television camera outside the residence shows a Mercedes Vito van with tinted windows that security officials believe transported some of those men from the consulate to the residence about two hours after Khashoggi entered. A senior Turkish official tells the New York Times that their investigators have concluded that Khashoggi was assassinated inside the consulate on orders from the highest levels of the Saudi royal court. The security establishment concluded that Khashoggi's killing was directed from the top because only the most senior Saudi leaders could order an operation of such scale and complexity. Turkey has now identified the roles that most or all of the 15 Saudi agents held in the government or the security services. One is an autopsy expert, presumably there to help dismember the body, according to the Times. Diplomatic pressure from the West continued to mount on Tuesday, with strong statements from the United Nations, the European Union, and a host of other world leaders. But President Trump's tone remained notably muted in comparison. He told reporters Tuesday afternoon that he would be talking to the Saudi government soon, adding, quote, I know nothing other than what has been publicly reported about the case. In an op-ed for today's print edition of The Post, Khashoggi's fiance calls on Trump to help shed light on his disappearance. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. Hurricane Michael could become the most intense hurricane on record to strike the Florida panhandle. Michael is currently a Category 4 storm with 140 mile an hour plus winds. It's predicted to make landfall this afternoon. It would be the first time a Category 4 storm has made landfall in that region since 1851. As the storm intensified Tuesday evening, forecasters described feeling sick and dread. 
One meteorologist for Weather Underground said hurricanes that intensify overnight just before reaching land are the worst nightmare for forecasters and emergency managers because it means that many residents will be taken by surprise. Both Florida's Panhandle and its Big Bend area are likely to be hardest hit. Flooding is expected along more than 325 miles of coastline. The governors of Florida, Alabama, and Georgia have each declared states of emergency as they brace for Michael's impact. Number two, Nikki Haley, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, resigned abruptly and unexpectedly on Tuesday, but she reassured Trump that she has no plans to challenge his reelection. Here's what she said while sitting next to the president in the Oval Office. No, I'm not running for 2020. I can promise you what I'll be doing is campaigning for this one. So I look forward to supporting the president in the next election. The blunt statement underscores both the loyalty demanded by Trump and the potential complications Haley could pose to the president. The former South Carolina governor has built her own brand and has a long potential career ahead of her. She's just in her mid-40s. She mixes Southern charm with political savvy. She's the daughter of immigrants who has both executive experience in her home state and now foreign policy chops. Trump has also been leery of Haley's ambitions at times, frustrated when she made announcements on television or when she garnered large amounts of glowing press coverage, and he did not. The timing of Haley's exit less than a month before the midterms struck many in the president's inner circle as either savvy or suspect. Political operatives are floating options for her career, ranging from a private sector gig to help pay off some debts that she has or a book contract. There's even chatter that she might seek the Senate seat currently occupied by Lindsey Graham, but that was quickly dismissed by her confidants, Trump and Graham himself, who says he wants to stay in the Senate. Number three, former FBI Director Andy McCabe went to the Bureau's top lawyer for advice soon after Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein suggested using a wiretap to record Trump's communications. McCabe asked the lawyer, James Baker, whether the FBI should respond to the proposition. Baker dismissed the idea, but he told congressional investigators last week that FBI officials presented Rosenstein's suggestion as serious. This raises questions about Rosenstein's assertion to the contrary. He continues to maintain that saying the president could be wiretapped was a joke. Rosenstein is scheduled to talk to congressional investigators himself about the 2017 episode this Thursday. He was able to save his job after meeting with President Trump earlier in the week, but this high-stakes interview on the Hill with some of the president's closest GOP allies could again put him in the hot seat, especially if they leave the interview unconvinced of Rosenstein's testimony and relay those concerns to the president. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, October 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.